Tell me your soldier's story. Why? Because it's important to get from there to here. It was a series of events and now it's curated a life. If you're a sailor, Marine, airman, or coast guardsman, sound off. Tell me your sailor story. Tell me your airman story. For me, I was born into this. As a daughter and sibling of service members, enlistment, it came easy. At the budding age of 17, my mother signed off and I signed up. I attended basic training at Fort Jackson in South Carolina and advanced individual training at Fort Gordon in Georgia, Hua, Signal Corps. <laughs> Team Army knows from flag to torch. So that was a high level look at my soldier story, but there's so much more detail and nuance that we'll explore during this podcast experience. My goal with third lieutenant is to listen, learn, share and grow. Although I'm a fan of the long form podcast, you can expect our time together to be around 30 minutes. Each episode, I'll introduce you to an academic who will share the difference their education has made in their life as a service member, dependent, or military supporter. I don't consider myself a poet, but you'll become familiar with a stream of conscious that helps me communicate the process. When we came to this place, they explained the rules, but really, there are no rules just a bunch of common practices. So here's my first swing at the type of stream of consciousness that I'd like to share. I've started this list for you. 10 things that will help you navigate common practices. A human receives two educations. This is number one. Your two educations are the one that is given to you and the one you give yourself. Demand the best of both. Number two, everything worth having is free. Be careful of those who will monetize love, health, and knowledge. The price will always be more than you can pay. Number three, love is the answer. I know that sounds a little odd from a soldier, but love is the answer. Translating the question so all can understand, that's the problem. So learn to say love in as many languages as you can. Number four, health is a trinity of mind, body, and spirit, and wealth is the karma of what you do with them. Pursuing the monetized while neglecting the free things in life will leave you poor, sick, and lonely. That's a trinity too. Number five, knowledge is power, and with power comes great responsibility. No, it's not mine. What I say though is demand the most of those responsible for the knowledge transfer, because with them lies the power. Number six, everything is a mirror. Look for beauty, beauty is what you'll find. Look for flaws, and flaws are what you will find. Look long and look deep. Number seven, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. The beholder is you. Look long and look deep. Number eight, pay it forward in as many ways as you can. It's as important as saving for a rainy day. Invest in others. It pays in perpetuity. Number nine, truth, facts, and principles are constants that change. Never be so tied to constants that you can't change. And number 10, the list of life is never complete. Start making lists, cross things off, celebrate, then make another list. The key is never skipping the celebration. So that's it. For me to you, a little advice, share it with those that you love, take it to heart, leave what isn't relevant, right? 
So on this first episode of The Third Lieutenant, I want to introduce you to a new friend. She's doing amazing things, but it's really her story that I have really grown to appreciate. So take a listen. I'd like to welcome Major Natasha M. Hines, U.S. Army, retired. Natasha was a regional expert for the Sub-Saharan African region in 2019 and has 20 years of demonstrated hands-on national and international experience managing military and government programs, training and education initiatives, and DOD HIV AIDS prevention program and the Overseas Humanitarian and Disaster Relief Program. Natasha has a Bachelor's of Science in Biology from St. Paul's College, a Master's of Arts in Computer Resource and Information Technology from Webster University, a Master of Public Administration, a Master of Arts in International Relations, and Advanced Certificate of Post-Conflict Resolution from Syracuse University. She has an Associate of Arts in French from the Defense Language Institute and is currently pursuing an MBA at the University of Maryland Global Campus. Major Hines is a member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated and has years of volunteer experience, including work at women and children's centers in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and Stuttgart, Germany, facilitating English lessons to refugees in Syracuse, New York, and military service men and women in Gabon, inaugurating water wells in Ghana, volunteering for honor salutes at hospices in Prince George County, Maryland, and leading STEM workshops for a young girl's pen pal program in Cambridge, Maryland. Natasha, welcome to the third lieutenant. Thank you so much, Nefertiri. I really appreciate being here today. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. It is my honor to have you as the first guest. And our focus here at the third lieutenant is really on the educational journey of service men and women. <laughs> You've had quite the journey. <laughs> from getting yeah. from where you were to where you are is your story. And because you're Team Army, it's your soldier's story. So Natasha, what is your soldier's story? Thank you, Nefertiri. So my soldier story starts right after high school, actually. So I was about to go into the Navy, actually. But the day, the day before I was supposed to sign my contract, my mother told me, about a college fair called the Dream Jamboree, which was taking place in Atlanta, Georgia. And so she asked that I cancel my contract signing and go to the college fair instead, because I was actually accepted to Xavier University, but I could not afford the tuition. Their scholarship was $2,000, tuition was $13,000. I didn't have that money. So my solution was to go into the Navy and then go to college while in the Navy. And so I canceled my signing. I went to the Dream Jamboree. I met a woman by the name of Mary Ransom. Rest in peace. She passed away last year. But what got me was her handshake. This was back in 1995. Let me tell you what. That handshake was the firmest handshake I have ever felt like in my entire life. I was, what, 17 at the time. It was firm. It was strong. It was confident. And I was, I was wowed. And so... She told me about St. Paul's College. She asked me my SAT score, my GPA. I filled out an application and bam, she called me the next day and told me that I had a $9,000 scholarship. Tuition was $11,000. And so off I went to St. Paul's College 
I called the Navy recruiter and told him I wasn't coming. So, <laughs> so I went to St. Paul's College. I basically took electives with the ROTC program, but it was Army ROTC. Within the first semester, my professor, Major Cradle, encouraged me to apply for a three-year ROTC scholarship. I applied, it was granted, and I was the very first recipient for a three-year scholarship at my school. So the ROTC scholarship plus the school's presidential scholarship meant that I didn't have any fees or, you know, like I graduated without debt. And so my major was biology. And when I had an opportunity to select my, you know, my branch, my first choice was medical service corps. My second choice was signal corps. I don't remember what my third choice was, but when it was time to commission, I was commissioned into the signal corps. (laughs) So with the signal corps, I was assigned to units in South Korea, Fort Jackson, Fort Bragg, and Germany. It was in Germany where everything changed. So while I was in Germany, my sorority had a humanitarian assistance project in Ghana. So I traveled to support that event where we were inaugurating water wells that were installed in several cities throughout Ghana. So during the return to Germany, I was in Amsterdam on a layover for six hours. And so it was during that layover that I met a foreign area officer. He was assigned to the U.S. Embassy in Ghana. So we got to talking. He told me about the Foreign Area Officer Program. And I'm sitting here like, I didn't know about this program. Because what I haven't told you yet was that during the first 10 years of my career, I tried to get out of the Signal Corps on several occasions. I tried to become a physician assistant. You know, I was trying to leave. Like, there were so many instances. Major Hines, a lot have tried. A lot of people have tried to get out of Signal Corps. <laughs> You're one of the few. (laughs) Yeah, but it it just didn't work out for me. And so when I learned about the Foreign Air Officer Program, I'm like, okay, that that sounds cool. So then when I was talking to my branch manager, oh, I left out a part. So that year that I traveled to Ghana, the U.S. Army came out with its first officer incentive program. So they were offering $25,000. They were offering an opportunity to go to grad school. They were offering an opportunity to select your post of choice. And then the very last option was an option to learn a foreign language, any foreign language that you want. So all of my friends took the 25K and I was thinking, you know what? The language option sounds interesting because I admire people who speak multiple languages because I didn't speak a language. So fast forward, I'm talking to my branch manager. Hello, sir. I just want to know where you plan to send me after French language training. And he said, hey, Major Hines, we're sending you back to Tactical Signal. I'm like, no! (laughs) You know, and and don't get me wrong, I love the people in the Signal Corps. You know, the mission is awesome to just be able to go out into the field and set up communications. It's really cool. But I wanted to do something different. So what he told me was that he was sending me to Tactical Signal. The only branch that required a language was the Foreign Area Officer Branch. So here we go again the second time I'm hearing about the Foreign Area Officer Branch. So I started doing some research. I spoke to my commander, uh, Colonel Fraley at the time. And what she did was she contacted my branch just to find out the probability of them even releasing me to the Foreign Area Officer Branch. Of course, if the Foreign Area Branch accepted me. So after that discussion, I applied, I was accepted, and then I was off 
to do training. So let me tell you a little bit about the training. I did six months of language training. I traveled to Addis Ababa and spent one year on the African continent and had the opportunity to travel to 16 African countries. Um, it's called regional familiarization. And then the third phase of training is to go to graduate school. And so that's where I earned the Master in International Relations and Public Administration, because that related to my work as a foreign area officer. And so after training, I was assigned to the U.S. Embassy in Libreville, Gabon. I stayed there for three and a half years, had a really just an incredible experience to work with foreign militaries to, you know, work on U.S. national security. It was just really an amazing experience for me. So I did that for three and a half years. And then I came here to the D.C. metro area. I started my company, Keep Your Hair Headgear. And then I retired just last year in 2019. That's an amazing journey. And like I said, we've all got one. If you're in the Navy, you have a sailor story. If you're a Marine, you don't remember your story. I'm joking. <laughs> I don't want to offend. I'm sure someone's going to set me straight, though. So what I heard in your, your story is that from biology to the Army to the French language took you to Africa and water. I, those are the things that, that popped out to me. Beyond the bachelor's degree, how has higher education made a difference in your experience and your trajectory? Okay, so I'm a firm believer in taking full advantage of any opportunity that is given to you. Okay, so while I was on active duty, soldiers, officers were all encouraged to go out and get certificates. We're all encouraged to go out and get more education because everybody is always learning. And so when I did that first degree in computer resources and information technology, you know, that was the degree closely related to the Signal Corps. And I know that it helped me a lot with a lot of my analysis and processing information, especially when I started to work on the staff. And one thing that my boss used to always tell me was, I really love how you process information. You don't just regurgitate it to me. And I'm like, of course, I'm trying to get everyone to understand what I'm talking about. And so it got to a point where they made me, I'll just give you an example. They made me responsible for ensuring that everyone in the battalion got an AKO account, Army Knowledge Online. I can't remember the exact year, but I remember it being like a challenge. But when he gave it to me, I'm like, sure, no problem. Hey, y'all, make sure y'all send me an email from your AKO account. And then, you know, I was creating charts and spreadsheets and reporting it. Hey, sir, these are the folks who are, who are not done, you know. And so guess who was the last person to, to get their account? My, my boss. Yeah, your commander always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So moving into the public administration and international relations degree. So I had a, a really unique opportunity to do that at Syracuse University. My other option was to do it at the Naval Postgraduate School. But I will tell you that doing it at a civilian institution was very unique because I was able to network, you know, with people who were working at different U.S. embassies you know, while I was at the U.S. Embassy or working at the Department of State. And so just having those uh, relations and that network, that helped me in my professional jobs. And then now working on the Master in Business Administration, that directly relates to my business because right now I'm getting the foundations, you know, for financial management. 
ensuring that I create my strategy, my mission, and my vision for my company. In fact, my next class is a digital marketing class. And so I have an online company, so I'm really excited to, to start doing that. So what I've noticed is that for all of my degrees past my bachelor's degree, I've been able to utilize those skills to directly impact the, the work that I'm doing. And I think there's, again, a lot of things that just, if I had a visualization of your words that would just pop out to me, teamwork, data collection, information process. One of the things about service members is they are not afraid to learn and do at the same time. Mm. And that's, that is a resource that any team can value. So you said my business a few times, and I, I hear your your passion for knowledge. I hear your passion for helping others. So as the CEO and founder of Keep Your Hair Headgear, cotton, nylon, and wool headgear are contributing factors to hair damage and loss. I still put my uniform on as, as a member of the National Guard. And it's, it's rough. It's rough. So you found a solution that many service members need. How did you come to that place? of the solution. Right. So thank you for asking that question. So when I was a captain, I was wearing the maroon beret and the fabric was really, it was pulling out my edges. And I took my beret to a tailor. She added satin lining material to it. And that improved the health of my hair significantly because it was able to just glide off, glide on and glide off without any friction whatsoever. And so when I was at each like beauty station, I would do hair parties with my friends where we would share information on how to take care of hair. Because as you know, with moving from duty station to duty station, I had to find a new stylist every couple of years. And so sometimes the stylists, they would know what they were doing. Some didn't know what they were doing. And so that contributed to some damage as well. So I had to take responsibility to learn more about how to take care of my hair. And then when I was in Libreville, Gabon, I used to do presentations to the international community. I had to have a translator <laughs> because my French is not that good. I would do presentations on, you know, how, this is how you take care of your hair. This is, you know, they, they, they invited me because when I worked at the U.S. Embassy, I wore civilian attire. And so I would go to work with my hair all big and they, they, uh, the, the staff at the embassy used to ask me questions about hair care all of the time. So as I was nearing retirement, you know, when I moved to the D.C. metro area, I knew that I wanted to start a business. I just didn't know what it was going to be. And during a car ride, that is when the idea came into my head. I said, oh, my goodness. I remember when the tailor added that satin lining material. Wouldn't it be awesome if I created a convenient option with the military headwear with the, the lining on the inside to offer that to military service members of all branches. And so I uh, Googled how to start a company, submitted an app online application, and Keep Your Hair Headgear was born the very next day. And so things have been, you know, rough <laughs> over the past three and a half years. And when I say rough, just there have been a lot of learning opportunities, you know, a lot of successes, a lot of fails. But, you know, being in the military, we know how to do after action reviews. We know how to assess the situation and say, okay, look, that didn't work. Or, hey, this was great. Let's let's do that again. 
I know how to, to ask for feedback because I know that I'm intelligent, but I also know that it's important to request feedback to know what other people are, are thinking. And that's really why and how I started my company. I think it's amazing. And I know that there are so many service members who do not know about your product. Where can they find it? So we have a website, www.keepyourhairheadgear.com. We're also on Facebook. We are on LinkedIn. We're on Instagram and Twitter. And so keepyourhairheadgear.com. You said the name says it all, right? Keep your hair. (laughs) That's mission success right there. So what I'm hearing is from idea, even if you observed it elsewhere, integrating an existing solution to a new customer base, you identified that and then you carried it through the whole process that you have to to get it to actual market. You're working on the website presence, the social media presence. I hear a lot that is similar to the research and development space in academia. Were you ever involved in any higher level research, funded research in your academic pursuit? Actually, I was. So when I was in grad school at Syracuse University, one of our capstone projects was to work with a very large business that had offices overseas in multiple countries. And they were trying to refine their standard operating procedures. Their name escapes me. I mean, this was back in 2011, but it was a group of maybe five of us. And we basically took all of our strengths to come up with the the final project. You know, we created this this really um, robust SOP. We didn't even pitch the presentation to the actual company. So that's the, the closest thing to research related to my academic degree that I've done. And before you mentioned that going to Syracuse physically puts you in a space with advantages that maybe doing an online program wouldn't. And part of our mission with this podcast is to share that, that there are opportunities for servicemen and women to take advantage of if they get into those traditional academic spaces. It should be valued by both the service, the service members, as well as those in the academic space. The military, it it emphasizes mentorship a lot, right? Sometimes it's even part of the commander's, you know, objectives towards training is that mentorship. But I, I always want to understand about who an individual admires. So who who do you admire? The person that I admire, without a doubt, no hesitation, is my mom. My mom, she no, serious, she is she is the truth. She is no joke. She was a single mom. She raised the three of us, me, me and my other two siblings, and she's really just the kindest person that you will ever meet. So that's the thing that sticks out to me is her kindness. Um, it doesn't matter who you are, what you do, if you need help, she she's going to help you. And so the person that I am today is because of what I've observed, you know, throughout the years. Sometimes, at least I personally feel like Everything she does makes other people ask themselves, okay, what can I do? Like, what more can I do? Because she's doing so much, you know, when she, like, she helps people in the community, um, homeless, 
You know, she volunteers for boards. She's on committees. I don't even understand how she has so much energy. In fact, when we go, she has, just let me tell you how much energy she has. When we go out, like dancing or partying, I drive separately because I know that she's going to come back home at like six o'clock in the morning, her and my bonus dad, my, my stepdad, because she just has so much, so much energy. You know, I want to be back home by two, <laughs> but um, she's just really an awesome person. Well, reading your bio, all those degrees, what do they say? The the what doesn't fall too far from the tree? Oh, the apple. <laughs> That's you. You're the apple. <laughs> I guess I hadn't thought of it that way. <laughs> we can usually find uh, little pieces of ourselves in the people that we admire. I think that's what attracts us to them. And, and those of us that have really strong mothers that set really good examples are really fortunate. I know I'm grateful for it, and you sound grateful for that as well. So what's next? What's next for you? Okay, so which in 2020... Keep your hair headgear is three and a half years old. It is clear that I need to add more key personnel to my team. You know, I currently have a bookkeeper, I have a social media manager, and then I work with multiple vendors. But now is the time to create a solid team in order for the company to, to scale. I know that I need help. I know that I need a logistician, a marketing director, a financial manager. Those are skills that I I know a little bit about, but I am not an expert. And so I'm going to be looking for, for experts soon. So that's what's next. So building your team out, getting those individuals in place. I hear you. Um, I might even know a few people for you. Beyond that, what can really accelerate your vision of success? Accelerating my vision of success is simply being open, continuing to be open for change and doing uh, more events like this. I, I really appreciate you inviting me on to your podcast, you know, listening to guidance, seeking out mentors. If I had some contracts, <laughs> that could definitely uh, help. But yeah, I really appreciate it. So thank you. Absolutely. Major Natasha M. Hines, U.S. Army retired. Thanks so much for being a guest on the third lieutenant. Thank you so much. So, what'd you think? I did good? <laughs> Lima Charlie, huh? So, thank you for listening to this first episode of The Third Lieutenant. If you like what you heard, why don't you uh, send me a message on Twitter? 3LT Strickland. 3LT Strickland. At 3LT Strickland. I'm going to get my social media game up. As we grow from episode to episode, you'll see that... Uh, awareness and visibility on social media grow with the show, right? Next month, I look forward to introducing you to another service member right here on The Third Lieutenant. This message is brought to you by A Man's Cave, a spa for men pop-up where grooming and kings meet. If you're experiencing a crisis or have a friend or family member in crisis, call 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. Press the number one for the military crisis line or text to 838255. I say again, 838255. From our friends at a man's cave, a spa for men pop up. Until next time, stay balanced and walk in peace.